Es un asunto en el que la sociedad civil siempre ha jugado un papel fundamental. La sociedad civil. Civil society. The Grassroots View, an EESC podcast. In this edition of The Grassroots View, we're talking about Ukraine, the focus of everyone's attention in Europe amid Russia's relentless war of aggression against the country. We've witnessed Ukraine's fierce and courageous military resistance to Russia's invasion, but increasingly we're seeing evidence of war crimes committed by the Kremlin's forces. Ukraine is fighting to defend its right to choose European values of democracy, freedom and the rule of law. The European Union supports Ukraine's efforts militarily, politically and practically, with the supply of weapons, the implementation of sanctions and the provision of humanitarian assistance. In this podcast, I'll be talking to Elena Kalistru, a member of the European Economic and Social Committee from Romania, Marta Barandi, founder of the NGO Promote Ukraine, and Bartosz Wilinski, one of Poland's most prominent journalists. Our podcast starts with a contribution from Elena Kalistru. Romania is one of the countries uh, bordering Ukraine, so we've received quite a significant number of refugees. Right now, the, uh, the inflow of refugees has decreased a bit, um, especially because in the eastern part where cities like Odessa are, um, things have been uh, quieter. However, uh, given the last developments, we are bracing for more refugees. And how have Romanians responded? From the very first day, we had a lot of Romanians and in particular volunteers, um, regular citizens going at the border with Ukraine, uh, helping as much as possible with uh, shelters, food, with translation services as well. We have so many volunteers that are there and have been there in the railway stations at the border to simply do the translation that uh, is needed for those uh, refugees. What do you put that response down to? Historically speaking, I think that Romanians understand very well what does uh, uh, Russian aggression mean. Uh, the, the horrors we've seen these days with uh, uh, civilians killed, with uh, cities destroyed, with women raped and children that are displaced from their homes are all stories that we've heard from our uh, grandmothers and grandfathers. Uh, so uh, let's say that emotionally speaking, and also in terms of understanding the scale of what is happening there, it was very easy for the Romanians to you know, actually uh, try to help as much as possible. What role can the European Economic and Social Committee play in helping to address the immediate needs in Ukraine? It was only last week that uh, we helped with evacuating some people with disabilities, visually impaired persons. It was so good to be able to call my colleague from EEC, uh, who is from uh, the association that is dealing with uh, visually impaired uh, people in Romania, and to say, hey, we have five people coming over uh, in the next two days. Can you help with this? And him saying, Sure, just just call me when you're there. So it is this kind of a solidarity between the members and the power of the network in itself that can, of course, offer uh, a significant uh, role. And in the longer term? 
promoting and helping and supporting uh, the civil society organizations in Ukraine that will definitely work for the democratization of their country. I think we have a lot of things to learn from them, from their resilience, from their willingness to, to go through a values-based uh, response during this, uh, these weeks. Elena Kalistru there from the EESC. Now, time to turn to a Ukrainian perspective. Marta Barandi runs an NGO called Promote Ukraine, based in Kiev and Brussels. And I began by asking her about her work before Russia's invasion of Ukraine. I was coordinating just few volunteers who worked from Kiev, who worked also from Brussels. And our work was... Uh, uh, about making platforms for experts from the European Union and Ukraine exchange their views on EU-Ukraine-Russia relations. And in those few weeks, Promote Ukraine has become one of the most active and prominent civil society coordinators of every kind of assistance to Ukraine and for Ukrainians. How did your work change? How my work started to look like, it was through internet, it was Messenger, WhatsApp. All my contacts, all my connections, who were there for me all those years, whom I knew. During all those years of the work of Promote Ukraine, you know, it exists already for eight years, since 2014. So I knew the activists, I knew who is uh, doing what and who would be active to, to do something, to take action. We created a group on WhatsApp and started coordinating everything. How do you see the response of civil society to this war? The role of civil society is the biggest. Of course, the officials, I mean, the embassies and ministries, they do their part of job. But it's civil society that moves emotions, that makes people feel. And if you talk about civil society on the European side, it's also them who do a lot, the, the organizations, that NGO, that provide help to refugees, that also get the humanitarian help. It's also thanks to them. They, they come and they connect with us, with our colleagues in different countries, and, and that's how the help is being organized. Do you think that despite the terrible suffering it's endured so far, Ukraine can somehow emerge stronger from this war? Well, first of all, we are already, we feel that we are stronger and I think the whole world feels our strength, um, our spirit, the spirit that we are not going to give up, we are not going to surrender. That's either Putin or us. And it's for us definitely um, a matter of survival, of survival of the nation. As a nation, but also as every citizen, that we identify ourselves as Ukrainians, as our self-identification, we are proud of it. It's our traditions, our culture, our language, and we are not going to give up on it. What's your concern about the effect of this war on the European Union's resolve, if it continues for much longer? I think that this... A fight against, against Putin is a long, it's a marathon. I don't think it, the war will finish in a few weeks. I would like it to be, everyone would like it to be finished in a few weeks. But the time that is being spent now on not reacting to the war of Putin, this time plays against Ukraine. It is in benefit of Putin because everyone will start forgetting about what's happening in Ukraine. Psycholo psychology works this way. Media's attention, everyone's attention will turn away and then Putin can do whatever he wants. So we are losing precious time. 
The Grassroots View, an EESC podcast. Marta Barandi there, encapsulating the defiant and determined spirit of Ukrainians amid this terrible suffering. Now, let's turn to Bartosz Wilinski, deputy editor-in-chief of Gazeta Wyborcza, one of Poland's leading newspapers. I asked him first for his perspective on how the war against Ukraine is affecting Poland. This is an unprecedented crisis. We, we never faced uh, such a situation before. In terms of war being well waged in our well, neighboring country, in direct neighborhood of Poland, and Poland is well somehow uh, well touched by this war. Not involved directly, but we see the consequences, we, we, we bear the consequences of this conflict. And the other aspect is the humanitarian one, the, the, the migratory crisis, which has been well provoked by this by this war, by, by Russian aggression against Ukrainians. And uh, my country never faced such a challenge, which is uh, to host uh, more than two million uh, Ukrainian, well, two and a half million Ukrainian that arrived uh, within a month. How have Poles responded to the crisis that suddenly erupted on their doorstep as a consequence of Russia's aggression? Until now, the migrants, the refugees were kind of, you know, phantom menace. You have heard about it, but you have never seen that, never experienced that. And suddenly people experience uh, real people being traumatized, being wounded, being angry, without proper clothing, without anything sometimes, which, which require your help. And suddenly it started to work. That the solidarity and, well, well, you can't say anything bad about Poles, which is, well, quite rare experience for me as a journalist. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm critical of my society. It's my job to be, and I'm amazed uh, what my countrymen are doing. Give me an example of that generosity of spirit from your own experience. In the school of my children, there are more than 20 uh, Ukrainian students. Uh, some of them came, you know, without clothes, without extra clothes. Just in the clothes they were having on, winter clothes, you know, not suitable for the climate we have now in Poland. So the parents uh, and teachers simply bought the stuff that they, they needed uh, to, to, to attend to school, you know, textbooks and, and, and clothing and shoes and, and sports shoes and uh, bags. All this stuff was provided by, by, by Polish parents, Polish teachers. And now we struggle to help them uh, learning Polish. And our children started to, 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 to learn Ukrainian, to, to enable uh, communication. Well, Ukrainian sounds similar to Polish, but it's, well, written different alphabet. And, and it's quite 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 difficult task. How is Poland managing overall? Can it manage? Poland needs uh, to help the, the assistance of the European Union and countries of the European Union, uh, not only in terms of, you know, your, your gratitude and uh, uh, warm words, but uh, we need uh, money, we need uh, know-how, we need infrastructure, and we also need relocation. Bartosz Wilinski there, a leading Polish journalist. Thanks to him, to Marta Balandi from Promote Ukraine, and to Elena Kalistru from the EESC for their views on Russia's war against Ukraine and how Europe can respond, both now and in the future. You can find all our podcasts on the EESC website, eesc.europa.eu, and all the usual platforms. Join us again next month, when we'll be back to see things again from the grassroots view. <laughs>